I think that when people carry on affairs and no one seems to notice that the stakes get higher. If you had been carrying on an affair for in upwards of what it seems nine months, at the six month mark, maybe five month mark, you're like, listen, like no one's even like paying attention. Like, let's just like do some more crazy stuff. But I also think she probably is doing whatever she can to keep him interested. Welcome to Cocktails and Gossip, the podcast where we drink cocktails, but you better believe we're going to spill the tea. We chat reality TV, celebrity blinds, and the hottest tea from bravoandcocktails.com. And as always, it's all alleged and just for fun. We do not verify our blinds. I'm B. And I'm Amanda. Let's get into this week's tea. What's up, cocktailers? Hi, cocktailers. We are so excited. Today, we have Kate Casey, host of the podcast Reality Life with Kate Casey. So Kate interviews directors, producers, reality stars, hangers on, anybody really that is associated (laughs) with reality TV, unscripted television. She also has a Patreon where she shares bonus podcast episodes. So definitely check that out too at patreon.com slash Kate Casey. And I have to say, I am a big fan. I have been listening to her podcast. So I'm just excited to have you just as a fan too. Oh, well, thank you. And it's mutual. I love following all the stuff that you guys do as well. So this is a mutual love fest. Yay, I love it. Kate, I'm so excited to have you here to chat Bravo with you. Yeah. You know, Amanda and I have talked about, I feel like we're all consumed with Scandival, and we are going to touch on that maybe later when it's just us, but I want to get some of your, but I feel like you're going to agree with us on that, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's really only one team. Right. So (laughs) I want to discuss shows where maybe there's different teams and we might not have the same opinion. So well, of course, I, I will say go ahead. my background before I was a podcaster was in crisis media litigation. So I feel like I look at through things sometimes through the lens of like, how is someone going to spin this or how would I spin this? Right. Mm. And I think that I think that they're ultimately going to end up together. I think she's going to get pregnant. And I think his whole spin of this is going to be that Ariana was not interested in having a family with him. And that mm-hmm. the reason that he was clung to Raquel was that she was willing to give that to him. I think it's that sick. I think he's going to twist it and make it look like she was preventing him from having the family that he always wanted. He, yeah. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't doubt that he would do that because I think at this stage of the game, he's willing to do anything to salvage his own reputation. And yeah, he gives yeah. me a lot of ick. So I that's, think that's, I agree, though. I think that's kind of the only redemption arc they have, right, is mm-hmm. to do that. And then, like, you know, there's been people saying we think he's having some kind of midlife crisis while he's 40 and wants kids, you know. So I I could see that making a lot of sense and, and possibly happening as well. But, my God, in, that does. I think in the oh, end, he just, I think in the end, he just wanted a groupie. It's, you know, he's got this, like, he's basically, right. the lead, he's the lead singer of a warm-up of a cover band. Let's, the, he is no David Bowie. But I think right. that he wants, like, a groupie who just hangs on every word. And it looks like 
she's some if she's willing to do that in to some degree for DJ James Kennedy, she would absolutely do that for Sandoval, who seems to me like I remember having a long conversation with him about dark matter and I wanted to slam my head against a wall. He gives me almost like Andrew Keegan vibes where it's like he wants to be adored, people to have reverence, and so he could be like an adjacent cult leader, but he doesn't really want to put the work into it. Yeah, like histrionic personality disorder. Yes. Isn't that what that is? Yes, that's – so I do have a master's in psychology, which comes in handy, let me tell you. Totally. And like <laughs> everybody says narcissist, and yes, is he a narcissist? I, I think so, but I think that, you know, two things can be true. and. Mm-hmm. I, and it's funny because on the pod, I've said like the times just never did much for me. And then on Winter House, I don't know, I kind of warmed up to them and, or at least whatever. And, and then of course I would turned on Sandoval with the whole Raquel thing. So not Sandoval, Schwartz initially, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That then Sandoval didn't bother me so much. And now when this came out, it just like remind, like, you know, everything's like bubbling back up. Right. Mm-hmm. The other Here's thing. A- Oh, go ahead. ahead. I have a question for you guys both, but you finish your thought. You know, the other thing about it for me is just how, you know, he came out with that statement today, right? Mm -hmm. But initially, like, what we all heard, I know what I heard, was that he basically said when he was caught, like, this isn't my fault. We haven't been good and tough shit. But but the thing about it is, and of course, we're dealing with Raquel, who's a Bambi-eyed, you know, and she doesn't, you know, they're presenting her and her crisis PR team is presenting her as a dopey girl who doesn't know much. We also know that he has been hooking up with other people. So it isn't that he was cheating on Ariana with Raquel and she's the love of his life and they're going to get, I do agree with you that he's going to try to go that way and they're going to be mm-hmm. together and maybe they'll have a baby and, you know, all that. It isn't the love of his life because he has been he, cheating on her too. And he, he hasn't yeah. left Ariana for her in, we think, we think it's since Coachella, which was our blind, by the way, Kate. I don't know if you know that. We were the ones who oh, posted that. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. I yeah. think I remember that. Whatever. So I say all that to say, like, he's not in love with Raquel. He's only in love with himself and maybe Schwartz. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. He did, And he's like a textbook, uh, sleeping with the enemy person where it's like, I'm going to break up with her, but you know, like her grandmother like is sick or her cat mm. and threw up or like he's extending the timeline as long as he can. And she's because it doesn't matter because she doesn't matter to him and neither does no. Raquel. Only he matters. And honestly, to that yeah. point, I think, so here's my theory on this and I want to see what you ladies think. I think either Sandoval made out with her at Coachella and then when that blind was sent and we posted it he said this he said to Schwartz like this is perfect they think it's you go with it and Schwartz did it so again he's taking advantage of Schwartz too as much as he Uh takes advantage of the women in Uh his life he does it with Schwartz or do you think that maybe Schwartz and her were hooking up and Sandoval Uh was like I'm really into her I want her no I think there's zero chemistry I mean he looks like he's wincing when he has to kiss her I don't see <laughs> Schwartz just doesn't even strike me as a highly sexual person to begin with. Right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not buying that these two ever hooked up. I think that Sandoval has his way with Schwartz and convinced him, you know, if you really want to be my bro, you know, you got to do this. You have to support me. This is like better for the business. I mean, he probably gave him 97 reasons why it would be a good idea for him to cover for him. I just think the covering has been for a very long time. I agree. I think I think Schwartz was the beard. Here's a question for you guys. I'm very 
very interested, especially with both of your backgrounds, about what you think. Do you think Rochelle is diabolical? I call her Rochelle. Oh, I Rachel. Know, Rachel. Okay. Rachel. Wait, I have to. Fun of, like, wait, but I have to tell you guys something, and I hope you both watch Watch What Happens Live. So, Kate, if you listen to our podcast, you know that for some reason Amanda has always called Raquel Rochelle, even without knowing her real name was Rachel, which we found out after she was calling her Rochelle, and last night. Jerry O'Connell on Watch What Happens Live kept calling her Rochelle. So either well, Jerry O'Connell. He listens to you. He listens to you. That's I mean, why. that yeah. or he thinks that Rachel is pronounced Rochelle. But everyone knows how Rachel's first. pronounced. I know. I, I love that. Yeah. I'm so, I, yeah. Jerry, I love you. <laughs> yes, Jerry. I do love you. So before all this happened, I legitimately just messed it up. And, and then I was like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to go, you know, and now. And she never did better. Sh- Well, there was a reason for it. I think it takes a special kind of crazy to go from Rachel to Raquel for just a reality show. Like, she's not even, like, an international movie star who's going to be at the Cannes Film Festival. She just went on Vanderpump Rules and, like... And pageants. Pulled the Alaria Baldwin card. I mean, it's just... Exactly. I also think there's a special crazy... I think there's oh, a special ahead. crazy for a 28-year-old who is upset that they can no longer perform in pageants. And the clip that she had on her highlights of performing at that dumb pageant, like, all she did was walk out. She stood on, like, a quasi-surfboard, threw her hands in the air, and danced for a second. And, like, what is – is that a skill? What, 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 what do you – my point is, what are you doing at age 28 if you're in a pageant? You need to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself where it all went wrong. Right. So I totally, I totally agree with that. It's like, you know, I don't know, I was going to make another analogy. And I don't like that analogy. So do you think that she is, like, has this like evil streak in her this diabolical villain streak? Or do you really think she's just even more of a Bambi eyed? No, I think she's pretty I think she's pretty cunning. I mean, she secured herself on a spot on the show. And I think she happily pretended to be interested in James Kennedy for two years to stay on a show. I mean, there's, listen, there's a little chip missing in all of their brains to want to put their lives out on a show, namely this show, given what Mm -hmm. the the topics usually are. She would have done anything to stay on that show. That requires someone who's manipulative and cunning. To also sleep in her home of her friend and sleep with her boyfriend takes a special kind of horribly manipulative person. Yes, and more to the point, I so Kate, this weekend, Friday, I got this. So I originally, before TMZ posted, I was actually on a school trip with my daughter and I get this message from a fo- <laughs> from a follower, right? So it was a it wasn't like a follower who sends me tea. It was like, you know, a follower who just comments and stuff. They're not a source at all. Yeah. And she spilled all, and I'm not gonna get into the details because we all know that already. So I was just like Okay, this seems kind of crazy, but hey, I'm the National Enquirer, right? I post it. Because it also seemed legit based on the stuff she told me. So anyway, I say all that to say, within an hour of posting, Ariana deactivated and all this. So once everything Mm. calmed down on Sunday, I got my Mac, my MacBook, and I sat down and I said, you know what? I'm going through every Vanderpump Rules post that we've done since April, right? Mm -hmm. From Coachella on. And come to find out, something that I had totally forgot about was – my very trusty source told me that before Vanderpump cast had received their contracts, right? Mm-hmm. The Toms were 
filming with Lisa. So there was a point in time, and it was short-lived. It was like a couple weeks. You know you know how it is in the world of tea. Someone sends you something, and then the next week it changes. But in that moment, it's a big piece of information. Yeah. So prior to Coachella, okay, they were filming right around that time, and nobody had a contract yet. And at that time, nobody knew. Were they going to do Vanderpump again? Because last season was stale. Mm-hmm. Or were they just going to go and do the Toms and maybe we'd see the other people, but they wouldn't be full time. It would be Lisa and the Toms and like their new people. Right. Right. Well, long story short, that makes sense because Rochelle wanted to secure her spot on it. That's why she got with James. That's why she did the stupid engagement. She never intended to marry him. That was her season. The only thing on the season was the engagement. That was like sort of interesting, which wasn't even interesting. So, I think that she does. I don't think she's even interested in Tom. I just think she figures, mm-hmm. well, this guy, he's a big personality. He's a big reality star. He's also got some money. I could just, she could get out of the house. I could move in. I'll have so many different opportunities to model, act, whatever yeah. with mm-hmm. Tom. And if he cheats on me, who gives a shit? Because I don't give a shit about him anyway. She only loves mm-hmm. herself too. So mm-hmm. maybe like, maybe like these two people can be married and happy because they only care it. about themselves. And maybe that will work for them. You know, people, person. And they'll probably have a baby and, like, combine the names. Yeah, like Tom Cal. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. And they'll probably share an email address, maybe. Right. I don't know, like, weirdos. Rom. Oh, my God, imagine their house. It's just going to be filled with mirrors. Mirrors. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Okay, and another thing that I have to ask you, because now we're just going into Vanderpump. I don't give a yeah. shit. You're going to be here longer. <laughs> You're going to be here longer than you expected, Kate, because we still yeah. got a lot more stuff to cover. So here, here's my question uh, for both of you. I mean, I know the answer. I know what my source says. Do you think that Sheena, mm. Sheena, five foot one, weighs 105 pounds, soaking wet Sheena, Shay, mm. Punch Raquel in New York? No, no, no. I think she just pushed her. Right. I think there was a scuffle. That's what I've said from the beginning. But the other thing mm-hmm. is, a restraining order, imagine needing to be protected from Sheena Shea. Well, she only did that. She only did that to protect herself from the reunion because the yeah. limit, the date that it ends is the 29th, right? So the right. reunion was supposed to be like the 23rd. So that just secured her a little bit more time. If I were Bravo, I would show up at her parents' house and do the reunion in the front yard if you have to. She's got to be at the reunion. It's a complete waste if she's or they not should at cut the her. reunion. Or, they or just remove her. Sheena from anywhere near the premises and then bring Rochelle in. If she doesn't show up, you have. I'm happy to do it. Pretend that they are Rachel, Raquel, Rochelle at Watch What Happens Live at backstage or wherever it was that where she found out where the shoving, the altercation took place. You just do reenactments. Have somebody. Right. <laughs> you could get somebody super. I don't know. Get this like a, an actual like real actress who would who would like like Rachel Bilson or somebody that would do it. Like twenty twenty does it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's the other thing, guys. There were there were people on the cast who suspected the Raquel and Tom Sandoval thing, and we are well, going. I hope so. Right, God. and we are going to see footage that doesn't make sense had we not found this out. And what production mm-hmm. is currently doing, not only are they filming, but they're filling in mm-hmm. those gaps with confessionals. And the people who suspected, I know that of at least one mm-hmm. of them, and I can't say who it is, you guys can all guess, at least one of them went to Ariana and said it, but Ariana truly thought that it was batshit bananas and that 
Tom would okay. never do that with Rochelle and that Rochelle would never do that because she really believed that she was this sweet victim little mm-hmm. girl and she supported her through her pageant and it was her and Tom cheering her on and all the while Tom was banging her. I mean, in her bed. It's interesting yeah. you say that because I, you know, let me first say I clearly, as all three of us, have information bias. So we are going to this in with the full understanding of the scope of, or, or the majority of the scope of their affair, right? So I'll right. just start with that. However, the matching necklaces, the fact she's at every show, right? The, the way that she like fawns over him. I isn't there somebody in this whole thing that goes this doesn't something doesn't smell right is it Christina Kelly there is was there were two people somebody there were two people be, right there okay, were two good. people who who did and there were two people well I know one of them said something I think the other one did and we are going to see that in confessionals I know that and good. some of some of the clips we're going to see are from before, like before they knew them being like I don't know what the scoop is with that so it was there now. I don't know if Ariana just put her head in the sand. I don't know. Well, I think for her, she's probably living with somebody who, even if she had like a, a tinge of worry, I could imagine she opens up a conversation and then he immediately is like, I would never be interested in Raquel, Raquel yeah. Rochelle, Rachel. Like she's dumb. She's too tall. She's huge feet. Like whatever his reasons would have been, and she's probably like he's just like for lack of a better term gaslighting her she's like yeah what am i th-? like of course like, he would never be interested in her he knows how to play everybody like he was doing to rachel mm-hmm. like right oh I, you know i would like i could we're totally gonna be together as soon as i get to march when the cat dies or whatever it is do you think <laughs> that do you think that rochelle had this like obviously she couldn't plan that ariana picked up the phone but do you think that she was doing things to get this out do you think she wanted I think it out? That, I think that when people carry on affairs and no one seems to notice that the stakes get higher. If you had mm. been carrying on an affair for an upwards of what it seems nine months, at the six month mark, maybe five month mark, you're like, listen, like no one's even like paying attention. Like, let's just like do some more crazy stuff. But I also think she probably is doing whatever she can to keep him interested. You know, right. because they don't have long conversations of political theory, you know, she's got to <laughs> yeah. do something to keep him hot and heavy, especially if he's hooking up with other people. And now he's got other weird hence, hence the FaceTime of her fingering herself. Um, well, that, that, now, sure. that, now that one is a little murky. That one I think about because I'm like, I would hate for someone to put, put themselves in a precarious legal position because they shared that video. Right. Like, well, so what a follower... Sticky. What an attorney explained to me was that even if I did it knowingly, willingly, and sent it to you, Kate, if you if we broke up and you like sent it to Amanda, it could be still revenge porn. Like, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. you're never allowed to share it. It doesn't matter. No, right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's between me and you. And once it's not between me and you, you could be liable. Uh, well. And back to your point, Kate, about mm-hmm. the stakes going higher. I am willing to bet you a hundred bucks. Great case of, actually, it would be more a great case of prosecco. Let's put it that way. More than a hundred dollars. That there were signals, right? Like that when Tom and Tom went on Watch What Happens Live, I'm sure he was like, 
oh, just watch. I'm going to drop this in here for you, Rochelle. Nobody will even notice. Right. It'll be our little joke. Right. And same thing with her. I'm sure there's been, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. like the fans are so smart. All of those Easter eggs will now be found. They will be Mm -hmm. found. I really, I really. Well, they're being found. I put this out. I put this out on Twitter and I really mean it. I'm willing to direct and produce a docu-series about this whole affair. And I feel like everybody can crowdsource. Like somebody's come forward. They're going to look through the garage footage uh, on the cameras. Somebody will put a whiteboard together with strings. I want cell phone forensics. I want GPS tracking information. I feel like we could figure this out in about two days. Down to the day they first fucked, I bet. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. But, and so here's the other thing. So obviously, listen, everyone's team Ariana. I'm team Ariana. We all feel terribly for her. Yeah. But Schwartz also did something to Kate, which was completely allow her to be so hurt for months and months yeah. that he was seeing mm-hmm. Rochelle, Raquel, what mm-hmm. the fuck ever her psycho mm-hmm. name is, knowing full well that he had zero interest in her to protect his friend. Now, yeah. That's what? pretty shitty. And, and he deserves everything he gets just for doing that because yeah. he wanted to maintain a friendship, allegedly, and he had this whole guise of wanting to respect. So you throw that away because Sandoval tells you to, allegedly, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. yeah. Subjecting her to even more hurt and pain and, and really humiliation on a on a massive scale. I mean, this television shows and syndication in countries, she probably, the other part of it is like, they're getting text messages from strangers. Like, you're an absolute moron that you didn't see this. And can you believe that Schwartz did that to you? So it just compounds the pain, right? Well, that's why she Mm -hmm. deactivated. And thank God she did for her mental health. Also, we do know, well, we don't know. Bravo hasn't confirmed it. I assume by the time this airs, it will be confirmed. Um, I'm confident it's true that the Toms will not be on Winter House. Now, that's not confirmed. No, I think that was today. They did say they wouldn't be. Well, I posted it earlier today, and I was told it wasn't confirmed yet. But I think that it, first of all, there's eight days to filming. So that, that cast is in shambles. But the more important thing is they can't, they can't remove them now and put them on Winter House and let Winter House get all this tea. They got to keep that for Vanderpump Rules. So to me, I never thought they, but at first they were saying they would be on Winter House, but like, no, no, they need them. They need them back in Los Angeles to continue filming the show that, okay. So I, Ooh, I feel bad for the people that are filming winter house but at the same time i feel like we could all choose 10 hot you know two hot yes. people in the world and put them in yeah, yeah. I, and, and no, neither of the toms are hot so there's that and also they never even fit in with winter house i feel like they show up with like a suitcase with filled with scarves they hang out for a day and a half and then they leave <laughs> right like, not, and they don't really fit in anyway so what was the point of them anyway well now know. southern charm is filming so that that crew isn't going unless because of this, they're going to call Craig and Austin up and be like, listen, halt Southern charm. Although, and mm. we don't have enough time in the day to cover that whole situation. Yeah. Which was well, yeah, because they're in Jamaica right now. So they're in Jamaica right now. Yeah. And we just found out that Taylor yeah. and Austin hooked up. So we, we're not getting into that yet. We're going to our next topics, yeah. but they can't pull them either. So where the hell are they going to go with this? You can figure stuff out. Frankie is hot enough. God, well, how oh old is he? 22? know about your little crush on Frankie B. Let's, <laughs> like let's, he, really, let's, he doesn't really talk, though. That's a problem. 
If he doesn't need to talk, Kate, oh, we're not having what? this discussion. He doesn't. He probably doesn't drink because he has to have low body fat for competitions. Mm-hmm. I don't need him to do anything but sit there, smile, and he'll be like the Andrea <laughs> minus the accent. Oh. Speaking of Jersey, okay? Speaking of Jersey, this is a great segue. I need to know your thoughts on the whole Gorga Judice. Do you stand one or the other? Do you go back and mm-hmm. forth? Are you sick of all the bullshit? Where are you at? I just think that's a family that will never get over past grievances. Uh, grievances? I can't even talk. I'm so disinterested in the way that they totally despise one another. I'm going to tell you what I really care about. I Please. think that Louis is very strange and I have concerns after watching a multitude of cult documentaries interviewing people in cults who have left cults who've directed docu-series about cults he gives me the cult vibes Mm -hmm. I feel like he's isolating her I'm just worried about her I like as a friend from afar I'm he he creeps me out a little bit so I'm more interested in that than the the Melissa, like, they're never going to be friends again. They don't even right. like each other. I could give two shits about the wedding. I'm more like, what's going on with Louie? And so, like, based on what you're saying, you're kind of saying, too, that Louie could be using this feud just as a distraction from that. Yeah, because he becomes the savior. He's the hero. Mm-hmm. Let me bring everybody together. And then all the audience seems to be like, isn't he the greatest guy? Even Jerry the, O'Connell the cult- last night said it yes, on Watch What Happens Live. Exactly. The cult leader is the one who sweeps in with all the answers. Yep. I hope he doesn't isolate her from her children. That would be upsetting to me. The minute one of those kids is like, you know what? I, it kind of bugs me that he does that. I don't know how it's going to go. I, I can't. I, I can't I'm, see I'm Teresa choosing it. anybody over her girls. I can't see. I it. hope not. I don't know. It just. It, my, I don't know. Lots here's of my question: cut, off, cut people off when they're in a relationship with somebody who knows how to isolate them. Okay, but Kate, what do you say to people and the tree stands who say he's absolutely not isolating her? She's with Jen Aiden and Dolores and. Because she's husband. on a TV show. I think the real, like, let's say next season, she kind of takes more of a backseat because it does feel like that show is really moving more in the direction of the younger housewives and their families. Even right. last night's episode, you see Melissa driving with her daughter around. Uh, it, Teresa doesn't really participate that much on the show outside of just, you know, hanging out with Louie and the problems with Melissa and Joe. I kind of feel like she's at a really good spot where she doesn't have to be on the show, you know? Financially, so she I, does. That's what I worry about. I worry about, yeah, but if you're not participating as much on the show next season, you shouldn't be paid that much money. You just shouldn't. You just shouldn't. And I think that all their budgets are getting smaller anyway. I think the real... The real test will be if she's if she's not featured as much or if decides to take a break. Because I think that the television show allows her to be around people, right? Right. I don't know. And by the way, I could be totally wrong on this. This is just my own gut feeling. It's my own uh, intuition. And it's my own concern for other women that I say right. this. But there's something odd about him and i and i can't let go of that video that he was with the other warriors you know in the background and the fact that there's so many other women that have had bad relationships with him i it makes me worried for her it feels like she may have been in a vulnerable place and he took advantage of her i hope it's not the truth but i i tend to think i'm right we have talked about this too and we have seen it 
him being manipulative, you know, like the one of the first, if not the first episode, you know, he's spinning her up, spinning, you know, Teresa up, Love and getting her me. mad and getting her mad about Joe and like bringing up the stuff yeah. and bringing up the stuff, yeah, you know, sure. and then yeah. the last, the last, but then of course, you know, it's like he did it at the reunion, right? And then he's like, oh, but you know, you know, I like Mark, you know, just, just, he, he's, he's definitely being manipulative. And then we even heard Gia say, in the last episode, like the last time she remembered everybody kind of getting along and doing okay as a family was before Louie. Right. Which I thought was very, I was like, the producers did not put that in there. They did not put that in there by accident. I mean, these producers have a front row seat to seeing everything that's happening. And, you know, I think, I think they like, I think they love Teresa and, and I think maybe they put that in there as a, like, Hey, you know, we're seeing this happen. Gia's seeing this happen. We want to make sure the audience is seeing it too. I just don't want her to come home one day and all the furniture's missing. Oh my god! You know, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting, Kate, because I feel like if you go on Twitter, do you go on Twitter or are you more Instagram? I'm no, much I love more Twitter. Insta- oh, so I'm Twitter. much more Instagram. But do you see these accounts where like they're like all about only Jennifer and Teresa and they hate Melissa and they love Louie. I don't know what that's about, but it's creepy. It's weird. I feel Mm. like when I speak to people I know in real life, they all feel like we feel. But I think that some of them are being fooled by Louie now. They're like, he seems, even myself, I'm like, he does seem like a nice Mm -hmm. guy. But the thing about it is, I think it's a calculated thing for him to forgive Mm -hmm. Marge, but not Joe. Because Marge is never going to be close to Teresa. Joe Mm -hmm. would be, right? Mm -hmm. So... Also, you know, she could say she's friends with Dina all she wants. There's an estrangement there. And Dina is a friend that's super close to her and is no longer. Well, mm-hmm. typically, I think people who are uh, controlling don't want their other significant other to be around someone who has an opinion that will state it. So mm-hmm. Margaret will tell you, I think that this is strange. I don't. So, of course, he doesn't. He would not want her around. I do think that the fans that go over the top, there's something about her that reminds them of themselves or someone in their family. You know, like it just, it, it, so there's this love of a person they've never met because they remind them of someone in their life. And I think they so badly want her to be happy. Like, you know, Teresa didn't get an education. She was a stay-at-home mom. Like that, there are a lot of people that, can relate to that story. And then I think that with what happened with prison and with her first husband, they want the best for her. Yes. I really believe that especially other women want the best for other women. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And sometimes when you want the best for someone, you're often clouded by the person who is love bombing them. Of course, somebody right. would watch that show and they would go, Oh, he's writing her a poem every, he would write her a card every day. I want everyone to ask himself, do you think that's normal? Do you think that's anybody in your life, if you're like, your friend's like, oh my gosh, so-and-so writes me a card every single day of my life. You go, that's a little weird. That's a little too much. He just got busted for like buying them counterfeit or what seems like he may have been buying them like counterfeit jewelry. Like, do you have to buy them these over the top jewelry? Like, can't, why is it so much? Sometimes when someone does so much, it's because they're covering for something. I just feel like if we're all going crazy about Tom Sandoval and lining everything up, 
Right. Why aren't we like thinking about how other people on other shows may be in relationships that don't serve them? I think some of us are. I think a lot of us are. And I think Mm -hmm. that people are shutting it down. I think Twitter is that. And I question like where that comes from. Like what, if I'm the biggest Teresa fan in the whole world, it still wouldn't make me want to, it still wouldn't want to make me and then several other women make accounts that are solely dedicated to bashing those people she's not friends with. Yeah. That's weird. 24 hours a day. I don't know. It's it's an interesting every city and I always think about through the lens of like how someone looks at life and the way they react. I kind of like I think we're all like anthropologists, right? And it is interesting how fans from different franchises look differently at their cast members. It's just it's an interesting thing. But I think that Teresa reminds everybody of like their sweet aunt who just loves their kids so much. And just wants to be happy, but just doesn't always mm-hmm. make the best decisions, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's something very vulnerable and likable about her. She's a great mother. You know what I'm saying? All of those I think if be- you, I also think if you take Melissa out of the equation, Teresa would have been a very different person on Real Housewives of New Jersey. I think that, like, she, she's always living at an elevated state around Melissa. So we're not always seeing the real her because other people say outside of the show, she's really warm and sweet, but we don't always get to see that side because of Melissa. But she's not, but she has difficulty, but it seems she has difficulty maintaining that really nice and sweet relationship with other adults that she's close to, such as Melissa. I mean, Carolyn, Jacqueline, like there are so many people that she has fallen yeah. out with for a variety of reasons. So yes, on the surface, when you meet but her maybe it's signing, because maybe because she's so devoted, blindly devoted to men. Right. So in, in, re- or, female, in female relationships, and this is why I love these conversations, because these shows are really about female relationships, mm-hmm. right? And so our perspective is so different than other male perspective, male perspectives, because I feel like all of us have had a friend who's so blindly devoted to a shitty guy that it affects the friendship. Right. Yeah. So they're willing to let go of a deep and, and, and uh, a deep friendship and love because of the man. And right. that's where I think people get so fired up about Teresa because she's sometimes unwilling to see the truth of things. Right. Yeah. Well, I also wonder too, because I I agree with that, and we do. We all have. We all know of a situation where it's like sometimes you want to be like clapping in front of somebody's face and be like, "What? Are, why aren't you paying attention?" You know. Yeah. But the other thing I kind of wonder, specifically with Teresa, is like she has been, you know, exalted and worshipped as the quote unquote queen of. New Jersey for so long like does that start to alter the way that you are in your friendships do you expect 100%. your everyday friendships to just be like it's my way or the fucking highway to get out you know oh, what absolutely. I mean and that's mm-hmm. and that's why I kind of wonder if like that has a big role in like why she was like forget you Rosie you know forget you Jacqueline you know and all of that I just, I don't know. Like, I just wonder if it's kind of altered her DNA to a certain extent and what she's 
expects out of friendship moving forward. I think they all are forever compromised by fame, unfortunately. It's like, I, I feel like I talked to a housewife in the first season they're on, and they are really interesting and introspective. And there's something about them that is cast for that reason. But then they become so transfixed by being in the public eye. And then it becomes this war with the other women about like, who is asked to go and watch what happens live? Who gets the this endorsement deal? Do you have more followers followers than I do? Did Andy comment on your post? How many mm. how many people commented on my birthday post? Like the housewives, for example, like how many of them actually post about real friends' birthdays? You know, right. like or they were like, my friend Marianne, I've known for twenty five years. She's the greatest friend that I've ever had. We were just uh, hanging out in like Cabo last week, and we had the best time. Here are pictures from it. No, never. It's always right. like, yeah. happy birthday, Jackie, or like, to the, my, you know, friend from another, whatever. Like, here we are in this yeah. picture. It's never their normal people. Their Instagram all becomes completely devoted to the show that they're on. Well, I think that, and I think you said this at the top, Kate, I think you have to be a certain kind of person to want to be on that platform, right? Yeah. I don't think the typical person wants to be on that platform. Maybe at the very beginning before we knew, but now you know what you're getting into if you go on one of these shows. Social media has made it such a machine and it's all consuming that you have to really want the attention and be cool with all of that. So you're already somebody who's very maybe self-centered. But and then to your point, I think that it affects the dynamics of the show. Because right. uh, if you've been on the show since season one, you want reverence. And right. I could see why Teresa was annoyed. Like, I got on this television show. It was a really fun thing. And now my cousins are on and my sister-in-law. I didn't even like from the beginning. And now, you know, she is she's purposely feeding information to producers or to their cast members that's going to shift the way that I can now participate on a show that I originally got. It's like if somebody gets a job in an accounting office and then their sister-in-law gets a job in like the, the same department and then she goes out to, for drinks with everybody at happy hour and she's like, by the way, my sister-in-law is an absolute bitch. And it affects the way like you work during the week. Because right. that person's like, heard you're an asshole at all the family parties and they're like i just wanted to come work clock in and leave and now i'm not going to get a promotion because this asshole had to come in and affect it so it's right like and even someone listen <laughs> even somebody you really like like your very good friend or your sister-in-law or what brother-in-law whatever you might yeah. not want to work with them because you know there is a thing of like keeping like don't shit where you eat you know like keep things yeah. separately what do you think what's your opinion on jennifer <laughs> aiden she strikes me as somebody who, like, a little bit like Candace on Potomac, like, their TV persona is not their real-life persona. Like, I feel like Jennifer Aiden... Like, acting? Get, yeah, gets out of the car when she has to film a scene, and she's like, and I've arrived! Like, I don't think that she's... Maybe there are elements of her that are kind of like the way that she is on TV, but I think it's like an amplified version of herself, where sometimes mm-hmm. in scenes I'm like, I think you just overplayed that a little bit. But I also think she is at the core of it and why she's interesting television is she is someone who grew up in a family of origin that where she was told, like, you're only as good as your husband. And Mm -hmm. watching her painfully try to raise five kids, including daughters, to be uh, to have their own self-confidence when they can clearly see their mother has none. Like, 
she is nothing, it seems, in that home. Like, her opinions don't matter. She even said on the last episode, like, I'm raising the kids, but I'm still his employee. And I, I think know. that that is a very good story to tell because she is giving I think voice to so many people who have a similar dynamic in their families and in their marriages. And it's almost surprising that she was able to get that voice, that Bill agreed to it. But I think he's a plastic surgeon, which is probably the perfect job yeah. to be on the show. But I, like, right. I don't always, like, I'm never on anybody's team because for me, it's always about the storytelling. So when I, I look at New Jersey, I'm like, okay, it's the story of the women that live in that state or that area. And who are they personally and how do their lives intersect and who in the audience can relate to that? And I think right. in, a new, in a community like that, especially where your parents are of the same ethnicity, that that's an interesting story to tell. And who that woman is in the year 2023 and moving forward, how she's raising her children, how she communicates with her friend group, the way she looks at life. It's, it's almost like you're, it's like seven sitcoms in one because you get a glimpse at their family lives Mm -hmm. but then the added bonus of like how they all intersect i hate it when dolores says stuff like well i'm old school because i'm like yeah but we got to move forward like we got to progress so i also find it funny to say she's old school because nothing about her life is old school (laughs) she's divorced she's yeah but she's she's dating a man who is not divorced although he's been separated for like a decade i'm just saying like nothing about that is old school uh what are your thoughts on marge because marge is a big personality as well marge is one of the one of the housewives that i feel like i know better than most just because i have had experiences with her off the show I will say, I think that she is a great friend. I mean, I've had conversations with her about things that have nothing to do with the show. And let me tell you, most housewives don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. So yeah. I do think she is a deep, a deeply devoted friend. And I think she has been wise in the way that the things that have gone on with her stepchildren have stayed off the air because it probably has allowed her to rebuild those relationships But sometimes I think there's not enough story there for it all to make it work. I think that if you're on the Real Housewives of New Jersey, you have to be revealing your husband and your children. Because in in Beverly Hills, it's really, the story tells the story of the city, right? So in Beverly Hills, it's a story of like how the industry works and, and like, would Crystal's husband ever want to be around a Sutton's husband or would Sutton and Crystal ever really be friends in an industry town where one, it comes from a financial service world and the others in entertainment. And it's all about entertainment there and the dynamics of how people communicate there. New Jersey is really about families. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you are not somebody who's telling the story of your family, I don't know if it necessarily works. So I, if I were a producer, I don't, I I don't know if the show works that well anymore. I feel like they're in a shift zone where maybe they need to focus more on like Rachel and Danielle and what are your thoughts on them? More of that. I think they're great. I would like to know more of Jennifer's life. Obviously. I think that uh, Rachel and Danielle represent a story that is interesting right now is like you have these young kids and they're, Rachel's stepson is on social media all the time and I guess Teresa's kids do this too as well where I think that if you're telling the story of families you have to tell like the modern story of like 
how do you raise kids in, in, in an environment where it's all about who you are, how many followers you have and all that. Right. Like, I, I want to know current, that. Right. It's keeping it current with, yeah. with kids that age. And because she's new, she's more willing to share. Whereas yes, the yes. other ones, Melissa and Teresa's kids are doing it, but they may not allow. They're not really on open camera. Up. Yeah. And I, and I think I, that's a mistake. I think they need their, their kids to be on. And if you're not willing to do that, then you can't be on the show. I'm but I'm loving, a little bit more like cutthroat for the storytelling. I'm loving meeting Rachel's family. And I was very taken aback that she shared that John has full custody without visitation yeah. with the mother. Uh, she said she has what, her own issues, which is probably addiction of some sort, right? Or a severe mental health issue. By the way, an interesting thing. I'm like, how many men are in that position and would be willing right. to tell that story. Not a lot. Like that's, that's interesting and commendable. Right. And I also like the story of like, she's raising a stepson and what that yes. is like. And then, yeah. the, and then that tidbit that they have embryos, but they're boys and he's afraid to have another baby because having another boy might affect the relationship that he has with his son because his son has been his whole world. And he's worried that his son who has not been raised by his biological mother will might feel, feel slighted. Slighted. Right. Yeah. Like all yeah. Yeah. I know, like I geek out on all those little. No, so, absolutely. Like, the, the Melissa and the Teresa stuff, I don't really give a shit about because it's all these little sub stories that I find so interesting. I love her grandmother, Nona, who yeah. says at the table, she thought she said Guinea and she said, don't ever say that word. And she goes, and the word. mother, the mother goes, idiot. She goes, oh no, I thought Guinea. And Rachel goes, oh, but fucking idiots, okay. Like, I yeah. just love her family. And there's yeah. so much there. There's so much to. There's so we we're gonna get a lot from her. Same with Danielle. Come on, there's a lot more to that story with the brother, and I say that because the yeah. brother also does is not talking to his mother now. Well, you know, I just had her on my show today, and I oh, wanted was to that? ask her. I wanted to ask her about that, but I was told that she didn't really want to talk about it, which is strange because she's on a show where she brought it up, and the show is really centered around Melissa and Teresa not talking. I don't, maybe there's something going on off screen that maybe there, there's a chance to heal. And maybe if she talks about it, she feels like it might make it more difficult. I don't know. She did talk to me a lot about being on true life. I'm a Staten Island girl because the minute I saw her on screen, I'm like totally remembered her from it. Right. And what, what that experience was like in October of 2006, because the people of Staten Island were horribly embarrassed by it and gave her such a hard time that it created a lot of stress in her life. And oh. so she's excited now that she's on the, this show that she can kind of take back that narrative of like who she really is because it was taken from her in some regards. Like, right. They, explained, listen, they wanted, they, it, it. Yeah, they, they wanted to make it, yeah, they wanted to make it kitschy. And I myself am from New York city. I'm from a borough. I won't say which one it's not Staten Island, but Staten Island always kind of gets teased. I know you're from Cali. So yeah. you're originally, no, from I'm from Philly. No, I'm from oh, Philly. Oh, okay. So yeah. I don't know if you know, but like, you know, okay. If we're going to go by boroughs, obviously Manhattan, but Manhattan is New York city itself. And nobody who lives the vast majority of people who live in Manhattan aren't actually New Yorkers. You want to meet New Yorkers, right. you go to Brooklyn's number one. I would say Queens is number two. Then you have the Bronx. Like Staten Island to people from the boroughs is like, it's so far away. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, I, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's cool. It's like people tease people. If you say you're from Staten Island, there's like a certain like, oh, you're from Staten Island. Whereas, like, if you say you're from Brooklyn, you're cool. If you say you're from right. Queens, oh, no, you're no. cool. And you I, know what I'm saying? I asked, I 
asked her a lot of questions about Staten Island. Like, do you or anyone you've known ever made out with Pete Davidson? Has Eric Aramita <laughs> ever renovated your basement? Do you know Vinny from the Jersey Shore? All those things. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, though, to think about and, it, and important to be mindful for those that are on these shows, like how devastating it can be if you feel like someone has distorted who you are for on a television show and how, in her case, it's been you know, 16, how many years? I can't do math right now. You know, 17 years or something since she was on that MTV show. And she has felt like it's followed her everywhere. Well, she's also been trying to get back on reality television. And I think maybe it's followed her because other opportunities passed her by because she was too easily recognizable as the girl from Staten Island. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, well, so. Well, and the, the fear of not being truly understood awesome. is is awful right yeah. like if if you've ever said something and you're like oh my god I didn't mean it that way I, like yeah. and so to have something like that you know maybe maybe yes she yes she's extra yes she's thirsty but maybe subconsciously one of the motive one of the big motivators to get back on the show is yeah. because she's like I want to retell the story I, it's not just because I want the fame and because she's coming well, out looking like I'm extra I want you well, guys you know like that. look at we yeah. did touch on that bitch, and and she said, "Listen, everybody says she's so thirsty. She wants to be on TV. She goes, I do want to be on TV. And what's wrong with saying that? I've wanted to be in the entertainment industry for almost twenty years now. I moved. I respect to, like, I took it. acting class. Yeah, I moved to LA. I was there for three years. I came back, but I had a family, and I really like to be in front of the camera. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing. I don't think there's a difference between wanting fame and wanting fame based on hard work." Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay. Let's move on and talk summer house. So Kate, what are you like, what are you thinking? First of all, just as far as, you know, the stuff with Carl and Kyle and, oh, you know, yeah. Lindsay, like what, what are your, what you have such okay. interesting takes on everything. So I'm very curious what you think about this. Okay. It feels very dark and here's why. Number one, I was really, ugh, I was really upset. No, it was, it was word. heartbroken, heartbroken when Amanda revealed at a tea party that she had not had her period for nine months. That's a big deal. And you can see she's still in her head about it. And then Sierra, who is a nurse, has that conversation with Kyle. She's like, by the way, she shared this with us. And to, to know in that moment that he was not aware that she hadn't had a period for nine months. And then he brings it up to her, I don't know, probably like an hour later in the middle of a theme party. And to watch her body, just her reaction to him having that conversation with her and the realization that she has to confront her own health and answers about fertility and the panic about it and the way that she just... Mm -hmm. You know, it was something came up in the game that she was distrustful. She just completely broke down. And so you're thinking in that moment of like every friend you've ever had who's had a fertility issue. Right. And then you're wondering, like, is this the best place to be? Because she does look fragile. So I was heartbroken about that. And then I'm also I, I feel like it's dark because, you know, that Kyle and Carl's friendship is forever damaged. By right. being on a reality show, by working together on an alcohol business when Carl was trying to be sober, forever changed because of the dynamics when you have two friends to start to date. It, it's just like, it's not, it's dark right now because it doesn't have that, that 
light feeling that you like New Jersey housewives is kind of heavy in moments. And then this is like the palate cleanser and it's not a palate cleanser anymore. It's, it's like yeah. people's friendships forever damaged. And I think that's why and they they're also Andrea getting in. older. L- listen, let's face yeah, it. What true, do we say true. to parents, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. You know, true. when you're in your twenties and you're, you got your first job in the city, fresh out of college and you're renting a share house and you're going out and you're getting mm-hmm. drunk and you're hooking up palate cleanser. Yeah. When you're now seven years into it and you're all in your 30s, you're getting married, you're getting engaged, you're having children, you're having trouble having children. Where do we go from here, Kate? Like what? Okay, we could mm-hmm. always, we could recast Summer House. That, that's easy. We could, I don't know how easy it is. We can't seem to find a guy, which by the way, Amanda, we yeah. forgot to mention last pod that when I was away in New Jersey oh, at a yeah. resort <laughs> over winter break, I casted for Summer House, Kate. I'm sure. So there was this guy who was this gorgeous guy and I went over and I was like, where do you live? And he lived in New Jersey. So I let him know (laughs) I was, I was, I don't know, maybe three margaritas in. I let him know he needed to move to Manhattan, but that I would do my best to get him on the show. I mean, everyone here knows I have zero power to get anyone on a Bravo show. I don't believe that I do. But in any event, so he was this tall, beautiful guy, beautiful body, whatever. I just say it to say, you should have seen my husband's face when he discovered me in a hot tub. <laughs> no, nonetheless, no, 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 not like in a hot oh, tub. Like good. I was sitting like with my feet in and the, the boy, I'm going to call him a boy because he was like 26, was like, uh, like COVID distance away from me. Like we were not near, but in other words, we were clearly... My husband's like, um, who's this? I was like, oh, hey, this is so and so. I'm gonna get. I want to try to get him on Summer House, and my husband's just like, oh yeah, and he totally goes for it too. He's like, that's a great idea. They can't find any guys. My wife's always saying that, and I was just hysterically laughing. But yeah, so I mean, okay, you could be sitting on a gold mine. You could be right. Listen. Mm-hmm. Summer House people, if you're listening, call me. I have this guy. I got his contacts. Got him on Insta. He was very interested. And he's not a model. I forget. What did he say? He, did, he does HVAC. So that's different. Well, no, so, no, no. That, that's what we want. We want right. someone totally plucked from obscurity who right. doesn't know all the players in the game and just gets But unfortunately, plucked, in real in. life, and Amanda and I had this conversation, in real life, take this guy, for example, if you do HVAC... In the summer, you can't be in a share house. It's like (laughs) you're busy fixing air conditioners. So you got to pay. Maybe if they paid them better, they could take long. If they pay him better. It's Mm. not like it's not like he's on months long projects either that he can't leave. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Or I feel like that could be the right job. HVAC in the Hamptons and then because he's like going to the different houses he ends up sleeping with one of the wealthy housewives because the husband's in the city you know in a a financial service firm and then you have a whole other spinoff a modern day pool boy get Sonia Luann Ramona (laughs) and Dorinda in Ramona's house and I'll send this guy there I do think that Dorinda should do another spinoff where younger people visit like have to stay with her like like the ultimate girl trip but it's like the youngers group like the mm-hmm. vanderpump and the summer the page. House people yeah and they go stay in the berkshires and she's sort of like the mrs roper of the house but where do you see them and going then dorinda calls the guy and she's like it's getting hot in here <laughs> <laughs> yes and then where do i see summer house going summer house, like you just have you, you just got to get a new house all new people start from scratch easy to do i believe 
And what do you think about like the most popular stars of it? What do they do? Like maybe Paige and Craig get a spinoff when they get engaged and move in together. I think Paige could should move to Charleston and could maybe springboard into another show. If I'm a network executive, it would be called The Outsiders because there are all these people from other states that have moved to Charleston. Mm-hmm. And they're all that fish out of water story of like, if you're like, Paige is funny because she's so New York, but then she's going to be living in this community where it's like pastels, everyone's passive aggressive. So if you got have the outsiders, all like the story of the people that moved to Charleston, you could have her show up for Southern Charm, but also be part of another show. I don't right. feel like sometimes these shows have to stay forever. Like, you know, kind of shut one down and then something new pops up. And you can use somebody to be the connector in the same way that Brandy Glanville connected Sheena into beginning Vanderpump Rules. Right. And to that, on that note, uh, tying in what you said about Amanda, you know, Amanda originally, if we remember, she got on, she went on the show because she was in a real relationship with Kyle. It wasn't, I don't think that she wanted to be a reality star and we can tell. And so I like him on Traders and shows like that because he's a ham, Mm -hmm. he's got a business to promote. So put him on those kind of shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he definitely could exist in other shows for sure. But she doesn't need to be, or she can pop up here and there, but not be a main character if she doesn't want to be, if that's not her comfort zone. What about Lindsay? I had I had thrown out the idea that she gets her PR company up and running, because Carl's not interesting enough for them to have a spinoff. So she gets her PR no. company up and running. She hires some, you know, cute mid-20s girls, her 10 years ago, and they show her doing that. And then Carl's in the background, and maybe she's pregnant, and maybe they pop a baby out. Or no. I don't know if she's devoted enough to PR anymore. So, so in other words, you're saying like an updated version of Power Girls, like the Lizzie Grubbin show. Yeah, exactly. I don't think Lindsay is in the PR world enough of it unless she comes up with another business concept where she's the boss. I know that she's not, but... What if they started like some boutique motel or something... And then they, and the story is really about the staff. So they're kind of there, you know, we see them every once in a while, but it's really about the younger staff that are operating the boutique motel. Like Something Lisa, like that. Like Lisa Below deck on land. Yeah. Yeah. But like low, low budget, like I want like a low budget hotel or motel where you're just But how is she even affording that? Work. Oh, like some network would give the money for it. Right. Like Peacock right. Springs for it. They're like, we'll give you like the bare bones of it. And then you figure out how, like you could get investment from different. Here's your hostel. Here's your hostel. Yeah. Like the bar area is outfitted with all the same vodka or something. You could have different companies basically invest into the show. I think you could. I like it. I like it. All right. I like it. You can make something of most things. Well, Well, I I think, I, I think that's why we all have a hard time letting go. And of, and letting the shows start a new like roni right because yeah we still want the legacy because we love our people we don't want to well, lose well, them but we well, admit why, that it's they're boring that's why i always loved unscripted and i really i started my podcast six years ago and i went to a network and i said i would love to create a show where i get to interview people that have been on reality shows to see how it changed the trajectory of their life and at the time they asked me do you think enough people watch reality shows i swear to god and now you see how many people do look at, even if you just looked at podcasts, how many people love reality shows. And I think it's because 
if you watch This Is Us and you become enamored by the characters on it, the characters die off, you know, that's it. The great thing about mm-hmm. reality shows is that you can still check in with people periodically to see how their lives changed. You can still check in with people from like the first season of the real world and there and see how their lives totally went into a new direction. Eric Nice was like the hottie in the first season of it. And now he like lives in Hawaii and he's a life coach and he delivered his wife's like the baby. And like, that's a whole new kind of thing. So that's why I think we all love these shows is it's like, almost like we like to know what's going on with people we went to high school with. Like, okay, yeah. well, what yeah. are they doing now? What are, like, what's going on now? What's their story? And yes. that's why we will forever be invested in shows like this because we think of them as an extension of our friend group, even though maybe we've never met these people, but we and like to see And in some cases, we don't necessarily like them. Yeah. <laughs> but they, maybe they remind us of somebody, but we like to just see from afar what they're doing. And I, like I said before, I think that we're ultimately all just cultural anthropologists and that there are great things that come out of watching shows like this because you ultimately, by looking at someone else's life in a different pocket of the world who doesn't represent maybe the way you look or what you do for a living or the religion you practice, you are looking through someone else's lens through which they look at life. And ultimately by doing that, you are probably going to shift the way you think about something or even about yourself. And I look to Shaw's The Sunset as a great example of that because when, when they had that episode where they couldn't go to Iran, but they stood on the hill in Turkey and they're looking at their their parents' home country, they're forever changed by that moment. And somebody watching that show may have never met anybody who uh, has a Muslim friend or neighbor or doesn't know anybody from Iran or doesn't understand the story of what happened with the Iranian revolution. They now are armed with that information. And now when they meet somebody, it could be a great conversation starter, or it might shift the way they think about different people who practice a different faith or live a different part of the world. Kate, I have to tell you, I appreciate so much how you elevate the the conversation about reality television because I often feel like it's like you know, <laughs> it's like the page six of the of the world, and I love it, and it's so true, especially what you're saying about elevating and and seeing different cultures. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining oh, us. Oh, thank today. you. Now we I have to have you back. Now I have to come know. to you. What you're going to review and, on my show. I, maybe a cult documentary. I don't know. I have to think ooh. about it. i got to give you guys a good one. Yes. Give us a good one. Well, and Kate, tell us tell us again. Just remind us of all the places that we can find you and that our listeners can get more of you. Because I think after today, they're going to want more. They're going to want to hear more because your takes are just so interesting. Oh, thank you. Well, my show is on four times a week. It's called Reality Life with Kate Casey, and I cover reality shows, documentaries, and docu-series. And every Monday, I give you a list of what to watch. I call from all the different networks the best list of what you could watch each week, which is often, you know, could be true crime or sports or whatever it may be. It's everything from The Real Housewives to, like, this this week, there's a Netflix documentary called MH370 about the Malaysian Airlines flight that disappeared uh, in 2014. They give you three theories of what may have happened, and I swear to God, Ooh. three episodes, it will live in your brain for days. So if you want, like, sometimes just like a break from The Real Housewives or whatever it may be, I'm giving you a list of what to, what to watch, and that's available at katecasey.substack.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at katecasey, Instagram at katecca, TikTok is katecasey. 
I have a Patreon with bonus episodes too, and a Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey. But ultimately, I think that you should never be ashamed of watching reality shows because, by the way, most people watch them. But I think it's a good thing to be invested in other people and other people's stories because what we all want more than anything in the world is to feel like we've been heard and we've been understood. I love that, Kate. And I agree with you very much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Till next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Just want to ask you guys a favor. Just getting kicked off. So many people have been asking us to do this podcast. So please do subscribe. And if you've subscribed, go to your podcast app and hit those three little dots to share with your friends, but only friends who like good tea because the ones who don't care about tea, then like forget them. And don't forget, find us on Instagram at Bravo and cocktails underscore and check out the website because some great tea gets put there daily that would get us kicked off of Instagram. (laughs) So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye guys. See you next time.